Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. Coming at you live from Floored Media in Rockville Center. A little impromptu edition of Hockey Night in New York. Uh, Mr. Lula Amarillo was a little active on July 1 in the NHL, so we figured why not fire it up, get a little show going. Stefan Rosner of the Hockey News and Islander correspondent for NHL.com is with me tonight. And also joining us, covering the Senators for the Hockey News, Mr. Steve Warren and host of Sens Nation Hockey will be joining us to talk a little bit about a cat named Alex. Yeah. So we're going to bring him on later. That's going to be a lot of fun. My name is Sean Cuthbert. How are we doing, Stefan? We're doing great. You know, <laughs> you sure. <laughs> we're doing fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, how's your, yeah, how's your 4th of July weekend going so far? been a long one it's been a day but it's been a long one so yeah okay great great yeah, <laughs> so, let's get to the hockey stuff so before we do jump in want to remind everybody we are proud to be presented by blue line deli and bagels flagship location at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington also proud to be sponsored by lost farmer brewing company located at 63a second street in mignola and of course main street board game cafe located at 307 main street in huntington village and of course happy to be here at floored media in rockville center so Lula Amarillo got active yesterday. We all know about the free agents. We talked about them last week. We said, who is he going to keep? When's he going to keep them? How long is he going to keep them for? And he said, hey, guys, why don't you stick around for a while? Here's one dish <laughs> with all of them. Yeah, here's all your years right here. I, I, somebody posted on Twitter that it all added up to like 26 years worth of contracts <laughs> or something like that. But let's let's dive right into it, man. Let's, let's start with these contracts that Lou gave out. Us being on Twitter, uh, there's some groans, there's some moans, there's some people who liked it. So why don't we start with Mr. Scott Mayfield? Yeah, Scott Mayfield's 30. He, he is. Seven-year deal, $3.5 million, And I, I, people want to overreact to the years. And I think what you saw here was Scott wanted to stay. But he sure. also, again, he's been on a bargain deal. What was it, $1.45 million in the last five years? Yeah, yeah. Bargain deal. Yeah. That he probably went to the island and said, listen, I will lower the AAV. You just got to give me the years. And you give him the seven years, and I get it. First of all, these long-term contracts, by the last two or three years, they're not going to be great. But we talked about it before the show starts, yes. and it'll be true for all of these. The cap is going to go up, and they're expecting it to go up exponentially. Correct. So a 3.5 uh, annual cap hit for a guy like Scott Mayfield, who, yes, plays bottom-pairing role, but not, not really. Again, he's top penalty killer. Mm-hmm. Big body, big playoff guy, has right. sneaky offense, set a career high in goals, assists this past year. Mm-hmm. So, again, he brings a lot more to the table than, which is like all these Islanders. They bring more to the table than just the stat line. And for that reason, Mayfield's such a huge part of this team going forward. Yeah, look, I think the seven years shocked all of us. Yep. It shocked me. I didn't see that coming. I wasn't even sure if they were going to keep him around. And I think we all kind of also speculated, like, is that where Lou's going to make a change? Is yeah, that right. where he might make an improvement where... He lets Scott Mayfield go, and he brings in that puck mover we've all been talking about, right? But we also talked about last week saying, well, if you do that, then, you know, where's that PK prowess coming from? Who's going to hop in the PK? Who's going to be, you know, boxing guys out in front of the net? Who's going to have that big physical presence where it's something you still have to replace even if you bring somebody else in to move the puck? But interestingly, 
as we've seen, he, he keeps Mayfield around, and he kind of alluded to the fact that, hey, we still have a place on defense that we still might upgrade. Yeah. And he talked about that left spot on the third He's telling saying, everybody what he wants to do. Yeah, which is- like he was like, listen, there might be an opportunity to, to get a guy in there. He mentioned Zaho, he mentioned Balduk, but he made it very clear that he's not necessarily sold on those guys being that uh, third-pair lefty. And if you look at it, you know, it's a little easier, at least in, in history has shown, that it might be a little easier to acquire a left-shot D than it is a right-shot D. Everybody talks about what a valuable commodity yeah. a right-shot D is. So they keep Mayfield around, and, you know, for everything that you just spoke for, I mean, look, he's 30 years old. Obviously, you know, people are thinking about those 35 to 37-year, year, you know, years of the contract, maybe sooner. And, yeah, by then it's not going to look as great. But But remind yourselves... It is just three and a half million dollars. You didn't get a five, six, seven million dollar yeah. deal here. Three and a half million for a guy who, as you said, kind of put his time in, had a had a um, a bargain deal there. He wanted to stay, and you know, and you've no you've noted in some of your pieces for the hockey news, he, he can be guilty of maybe one icing too many here and there, maybe Two. one penalty too many. Three. Right, and and I've groaned about that too on Twitter as well. But I think for the the total package that he brings to this team, I think he's a guy who, if you're able to keep him around for three and a half mil, as you were about to say before, Rachel said, if you if you go above that number, then maybe you say goodbye. They extend the years out to seven years, and look, this isn't a contract that the Islanders are going to have difficulty getting out of if things yeah, exactly. go south in those later years. And and and, and you got to put all those other factors into the caps going up. By a bunch of years, uh, yeah. sorry, by a bunch of dollars. Supposed to over be. the next few years, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to go up pretty high over the next couple of years. Let's, you know, barring any other, you know, uh, worldwide World, <laughs> catastrophe, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think we can bank on that. That we're going to see some some more millions there on the cap. Yep. So right away, that that kind of gives you a little breathing room. And and now you already have you know a couple of your main core guys that are signed to long term deals that you don't have to worry about adding money to in Matt Barzell, Bo Horvat, now Ilya Sorokin, right? So Pelic, there's a lot of Pulak, fact, yeah. There's Mayfield. a lot of and there those are those are all pretty team friendly deals for those guys at least with the the defensemen. So when you factor all of that in, it doesn't look as bad. And again, if if you get to that point where it's his 34 year season, his 35 year season, and he's starting to slow down, you know, three and a half mil isn't isn't tough to to get rid of. Again, or, not not it won't. It's not tough to get rid of now. And again, when the cap goes up, that's gonna look like. A million and a half, two million dollar deal. Also, I mean, look, there's so many different avenues you can take, and, and not to spend too much time on the hypotheticals, but even even that number of of bearing a guy's contract in the minors, that number yeah. goes up every year too. So yep. now it's a little over one mil. It might be closer to one and a half by then too. Who knows? But the bottom line is, like, there's gonna be ways for Lou or whomever's the general manager by yeah. then to you know maybe jump over a couple of hurdles to to you know m- make that go away or or make something else of it, but. There's just I just don't see any reason to cry that the sky is falling because Scott Mayfield got a seven year deal three and a half million. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> Didn't shock coming. Yes. Surprising. But that's what Lou had to do to keep him around. So I don't mind it so much. And and again, now you don't have to worry about, you know, replacing all that stuff he brings to the table. And I think it's a little it's a little, um, you know, hopeful, I guess, in the sense that, you know, Lou is thinking about finding another way to bring in a puck mover also. Whether he does or not, yeah. another question. we got a summer to find out if that happens. But I think all in all, you could do a lot worse at $3.5 per year for Scott Mayfield at 30 years old. I agree. And again, his first four years, no trade clause completely. After that, 16-team uh, no trade list. 
Okay, so you got half the league to choose from in four years or whatever it is, yeah. right? So we'll see. But look, I mean, they brought in Andy Green, right, towards the twilight of his career. He, You know, they got, what, two, three good years out of him. You know, maybe that's what Mayfield becomes in those later years. And he's still, you know, he's a veteran leader. That's what it is. They have so many young, like, again, Romanov's young, Dobson's young. Mm-hmm. Ajo's not young, but again, experience-wise, we'll count it as young. Bolduc's mm-hmm. young. Keeping these veterans around, again, because you know Pelican and Pulak are probably going to play together. So if if Bullduke is the only option or mm-hmm. if I was the only option, you want that veteran that's been there, done that, understands his role, rather than bringing a new free agent now, then has that new guy has to learn the Islanders system. And then you have a Romanov issue like you had last this past year where the first half you have a new guy and a youngster trying to figure things out. You can't have that happen. So I think having Mayfield back allows the Islanders to be so much safer with whatever they do on the left side, yeah. whether it's a young guy or a new guy coming in. Look, and if you don't like the contract, you don't have to. But I just yeah, doesn't care. <laughs> I, sure, yeah. but I just don't think it's as again. Sky is falling. Yeah, you know, like what are the Islanders going to do with this contract sort of situation? You don't have to like it, but I don't think it's as as crazy or as terrible as some fans are kind of making it out to be. So uh, I'm Great. okay with it. Now let's get to the other uh, seven-year deal. Yeah, Pierre Engvall. So he comes in at $3 million per seven years once again, and he just turned 27. So listen, you got him until his, what, 33, 34-year year on his uh, his age there. So he could theoretically still be a productive player by by the time you get to 33, 34. We still have have a lot to find out about this guy, right? Because he only came in towards the tail end after the trade deadline. He had a good playoff. And there's promise there. The concern is whether or not that's going to translate into something, you know, long-term over an 82-game season. Yeah, the thing with me, I'm not saying that Besides, they look alike. I'm not saying that uh, Engvall is Nelson, but we know, again, when Trotz came here, yeah. he kind of unlocked something in Nelson. And while he's over 30, he's he's kind of in his prime right now, right? Or he's getting better. Who knows if he's actually hit his prime yet, right? For Engvall, his first couple of years in the league, he was playing bottom six minutes on a really stacked offensive Toronto team. Yeah, we've said this. He comes to the Islanders. He's flourishing. Maybe now he starts to really figure it out in his career. And not I'm saying after 30 is going to be you know still growing, but mm-hmm. maybe 29 or 30 are going to be the best years of his career. Because now he's getting the opportunity, the confidence, playing on a, top, on a line with Nelson and Palmer. If they clicked the way they clicked, that's why bringing him back was so instrumental. doesn't matter why it worked. Matt Molson with John mm-hmm. Tavares should never have worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. It flourished. Why? I don't know. It just worked out. So you, If they didn't bring Engvall back... And that line didn't work, whoever that left winger were to be with Nelson and Palmieri, they'd be mm. hitting themselves thinking, could have had this guy for this amount of money. Right. We didn't even try it. Now if they tried and it doesn't work, you could always drop Engvall down. But and it he, allows you for it. He's a versatile piece yes. as well. He can play he center can, also. He can play all three positions. You're not necessarily going to keep the same lines, the same combinations yep. throughout the, the full year anyway. So this is a guy who you can mix and match. He can play left. He can play right if they need to see something different. And if if the forward group happens to be incomplete, as we continue the show to talk about how that might be the case. But listen, again, and he comes in at $3 million, which is actually a little less than I thought. I thought maybe he'd get closer to three seven and a years, half. Seven years, that's right? probably why. Once again, it gets lowered on the AAV, so you can extend him out. But again, seven years for a guy who's only going to be 33, 34 by the time it's done. That's kind of like right in the pocket there. He's not 30 years old like Scotty Mayfield, yeah. so I understand the concern with him being an older guy. But this is a guy who's getting afforded a chance to to develop, you know, as a more of an offensive contributor, which we've seen glimpses of already. Now, hopefully that pans out. And as, as we discussed on Twitter with some of the fans that were responding to some of the tweets, yeah. is that, look, right now he's slotted in to be a second liner. And if that works out, 
with Nelson and Fantastic. with Palmieri. At right off the bat, million? right off the bat, it's a bargain contract. One hundred percent. If he ends up being a f- a forty point player, if he ends up being a forty point player with those guys, it's immediately a bargain. Or if, if he just gets those guys to be that too. You know, if if he let's say he's not racking up the insane points, right. but his speed through transitioning is having you know right. is creating offense. Who cares? Right, and then if it doesn't pan out, and it turns out he's he's more of a you know towards the bottom six, and he and he ends up in a third line role, which could be possible too. Then he's just getting paid appropriately. Yeah, like, it's exactly. not a problem. Like, like it's really a problem if he you know really just tanks completely. If he brings okay. nothing and he stops skating because he has speed. At the end right. of the day, speed is is such a especially with the Islanders, right? Such a valuable skill. It puts so much again. If you're not racking up points, but you're coming through the zone and you're always a threat to do something. That opens up more ice for your line mates. And again, it just makes the defense pay attention. It, it was bringing him back was so important. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Three million, again, by the time it could potentially become an issue, yeah. three million is not going to be difficult Pocket to, change. to, to yeah. move around, right? These, these aren't. These aren't contracts that you're just locked into. I mean, look, we just the Islanders just dealt with contracts like that, and the Bailey contract, the Andrew Ladd contract, even Johnny Boychuk's ended up becoming an issue. Yeah. You know, things out of the Islanders' control and his control. But and they find a way to sneak out of all of them. Now, granted, you don't want to be giving up second round picks and all that to, to unload your contracts, your bad contracts for sure. But these are on the on the lower end of things, three three and a half million. So we even speak about Josh Bailey, but yeah, that was a right. We'll talk about that yeah. too. But we we have to break to bring Steve in. But yeah. um, but listen. Listen, we can we, we can pick it up more with Pierre as well, but let's get that break in. So, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and your favorite podcast providers. I'm going to take that break. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The train rolls on here at Hockey Night in New York. And joining us on the line right now is Sens editor and reporter for the Hockey News, host of Sens Nation Hockey and owner of CapitalPodcast.ca, Mr. Steve Warren. Steve, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight on such short notice. Really appreciate it. How you doing, man? I am doing great. Great to be here, fellas. And uh, yeah, let's talk some... Uh some to break it, I guess, tonight, huh? Yes, absolutely. You're talking to Sean and Stefan. Hey, Steve. So why don't we start right away with just the Brinkett situation currently with the Senators. What's going on between the team and the player? And then we can kind of branch off of where that's all going to lead. Well, I think it's a case of this is a player that wants to be headed to UFA next summer. Probably something that the organization should have known this time last summer when they made the deal. Mm. But yeah, he is in a situation where his agents are saying, okay, the UFA and the open auction 
and all you know the the possibilities that go with that that's what they're steering him toward he's basically as a lot of players are completely hands off he's deferring to his agents and his deal fellas is he and I've talked to a source uh, that's close to the Debrinket family and they say that he absolutely loves this team and he loves his teammates and really likes DJ Smith he just knows that this is probably his one shot at that big long-term contract and I think you guys can agree that the best chance to get the best deal best term best money is in the open auction of unrestricted free agency and that's where we are right now the Sens are still trying to make deals but right now it's it's a hard deal because he likes Ottawa and he's been asked to come up with a list of teams preferred destinations he might like to go to but it's like he likes the team now and mm-hmm. now you're asking him to go to another team he might like whoever ends up getting to bring it and, and negotiating with them they're going to be in the same boat that the Sens are right now so that's how I see the situation right now fellas yeah and that's kind of what I wanted to ask because that's an interesting wrinkle to bring up especially for you know all our viewers here right now that are wondering how this could relate to the Islanders if they happen to be able to work out a deal here if he's so keen on going to UFA is is that just in relation to the Sens or or this might be a situation where whether it's the Islanders, the Ducks, or whomever it might be, are they going to be looking at the same issue where, hey, they might give up a lot to get this guy, but he might say to these teams, well, look, I'm going to UFA next year any, either way, so we're doing a one-year deal and that's it. It's certainly my belief that no matter who acquires him, whether it's the Sens keeping him or whether it's a team like the Islanders bringing him in, they will have the same conundrum. They're going to have to figure out a way to make it worth his while to forego unrestricted free agency. And, and you guys can put your, you know, get in his headspace and his, and his people's space. Like, what are you going to do better in? If you're, if you're selling your house right now, are you going to get <laughs> right. a better deal selling it with a market of one person, or in this case, one team? Or is it going to be with a whole bunch of people, a big market? And that's what UFA is all about. He's not saying, okay, I do not want to sign. He, he's basically saying, okay, next year, UFA, uh, let's rock with that. But uh, if you want me to forego that and sign long term with the Sens or the Islanders or whoever ends up acquiring him, you're going to have to make it worth his while. Show me the money. You're going to have to project the next (laughs) summer. Yeah. Yeah. Project the next summer. Think to yourself, what is Debrinket going to be worth on the open market in the open auction of that? And then once you've got your head around the term and the money behind that, now you can start figuring out what he might want right now. And right now, he has not been offered anything close to that, is my understanding. Let's talk about Dabrinkit as a player, Steve. We know he could score goals, scored 40 goals twice, but what else does he bring on the ice where teams would say, listen, we're willing to give you whatever you want to sign you long-term, not just in the goal department? Well, I mean, that's that's asking to set aside a pretty big factor of what Alex Dabrinkit does. It's the very <laughs> hardest skill there is, and that's scoring goals. But certainly quality teammate. He got along well with everybody in the room, got great speed, got great vision. And one of the things... Stefan, that I was really impressed by because he came with the calling card of he scores a lot of goals. Two-time 40-goal scorer at the age of 24. Wow. He was actually a better playmaker in Ottawa this year than he was a goal scorer, which surprised me. I, you know, sometimes you get a goal scorer and that's all they do. You know, get stick in the air, wait for the one-timer on the power play. And that, you know, as an outsider watching some Chicago games, seeing the highlights, it looked like Patrick Kane was giving Alex Dabrinkit a steady diet of, of, of one-time passes, and he'd bury them. No, he's a lot more than that. He is a playmaker as well, so a balanced player, and, and I think that uh, just offensively speaking, whatever you need him to do, he can do. And on top of that, he's such a small forward. There's an assumption, I think, that, oh, 
You know, that guy might get racked up. Now, you look at that guy's stats. His game's played from the day he arrived in the NHL. He's one of the most resilient players in the NHL. So there's a, a, a few of Debrinket's virtues. So, so if the Senators do have to trade Debrinket, what are they looking for in return? What, what is the ask? What does this team need right now? Well, I think it's a case of, you know, they need a bit of secondary scoring for one. They were really top-heavy. And when you shut down Ottawa's top six, I, I would guarantee their record is abysmal as they weren't getting that chip in. If you look at the bottom six forwards for the Ottawa Senators, there was not much going on there offensively. So you need to chip in with something there. Right now, I think they feel pretty set on defense, getting Jacob Chikorin last year. They got everybody healthy now, uh, obviously, uh, as everybody is. Um, so I think that right now that would be the big factor and probably some kind of recouping of the first and the second rounder that you gave up to get to bring it in the first place. I think it would be a tough sell to just go draft picks because right now this team feels like it's window for winning is just now starting to open that they feel like they can maybe make the playoffs this year after missing six years in a row. So I would say a player that can probably that I'd even go even a little higher that can, you know, the middle six type of a forward that will give you some secondary scoring because you're, you know, you're going to lose to Brinkett in this deal. So that's going to be big. And then uh, something in the way of probably a first round draft pick. If you can pull that off right now with everything, all the challenges we just talked about, the fact that you got to give up stuff and you maybe only have them for one year. That's uh, I think as, as good as uh, Pierre Dory on the GM here is going to do. So yeah, the initial or Andrew Gross of News there reported yesterday that what he was hearing was that you know the Islanders were in talks as other couple of teams were, but that Pajot, who again played for the Senators, was one of the pieces that would go back the other way. What have you heard maybe about that? And where, I guess where does Pajot fit into it? I know you said secondary scoring. He hasn't scored as much again since that hand injury, but he still racks up assists. I think he had forty points this year, career high twenty seven assists, and he won a career high fifty seven percent of his faceoffs. I honestly think, uh, you know, as Lou Lamorella said the day that he acquired him, that's the kind of guy that helps you win championships. That is a guy that, you know, if you need him defensively, he's awesome. He's as good as it gets as far as penalty killing and and defensive uh, center. But, you know, he can chip in offensively as well. He can play up and down the lineup. The Sens had a guy last year in Connor Brown, year before last, that, uh, that served that role. And, yeah, the Sens could use another guy like that. They hope that Shane Pinto is going to be that kind of center for them. they still got to get him signed this summer, and he's still got to take another step forward. He's just a rookie and just coming off his rookie season. But a guy like J.G. Pajot would come in very handy. And, uh, like I say, the sort of player that I was just talking about, a Pajot and a first-rounder based on all the challenges that go on around Dabrinkit, uh, I think that could get it done potentially. Okay, so there could be a fit there. So that's very interesting. So... Let me ask you about the Sens' point of view. Is this something that they want to have dragging out over the summer? Are they looking to get this something done uh, sooner than later as far as, you know, whatever process they have to go through with the brink? And I believe there's, a, there's an arbitration case coming up, correct? And, correct. Um, and then uh, beyond that, are they looking to unload this guy right away, or is this something they'll let kind of stretch out over the summer until they, they get the right deal? Well, it actually gets even harder if you sign to brink it to his qualifying offer at this August arbitration date because the CBA rules say that if you do a deal like that and it's the club elected arbitration, you can't sign an extension until January 1st. And so that makes it even harder. That's another challenge on top of things in terms of uh, how hard it is for this team to trade him. So I think that if a trade is going to happen, fellas, I think it happens before the arbitration date. If the arbitration date comes and goes, 
and uh, they get it done. And, you know, it might be a 15% reduction. They say that, uh, you know, again, the rules say in the situation to break it's in, it could be a 15% reduction in that qualifying offer. Uh, so it might be around 7.5 million, the qualifying offer. It could be as high as $9 million. If the Sens go to arbitration and it's settled, I think they're not trading him because I think it becomes that much more challenging to get a deal done. I think they probably hold on to him until the trade deadline and then see if they can find a true contender that's maybe willing to give up as much as they would right now. So just to clarify, Steve, if they trade him before his arbitration hearing, he could sign for whatever he wants or that's it, right? He could sign whatever he wants with the other team that acquires him. There's no well, he'd still he'd still be under RFA rules, yeah. so they'd still have to figure things out that way. But yeah, I mean, at that stage of the game, if he hasn't hit, if he if he's traded today, for example, they can immediately start negotiating on a long term deal and and get something done. But uh, as I mentioned, right now, you would have to knock his agent's socks off to ask him to forego UFA next summer, and it's uh, yeah, I think Chicago knew this, fellas, when the deal went down. Mm-hmm. I think Chicago. Because we all wondered, why are the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. giving up a 24-year-old with two 40-goal seasons? Right, it, right. You know, it did. Yeah, even in the Chicago's starting a rebuild. I think no matter what stage of the rebuild you're in, start, middle, end, you can find a place for Alex Dabrinkit to get something done long term. I think they knew that this day was coming. That this guy wanted to sample the UFA waters, and and here we are. Right. It's starting to come a little more into focus now. Right. And uh, just just to be clear on this, the, Dorian is allowing teams to negotiate with DeBrinket while this is going on. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, what's happening is they've asked him for five preferred destinations. Okay. So so they can now go to those teams and try and negotiate a deal with them, because obviously if DeBrinket is happy in that market, he's more likely to go there and sign immediately, which makes him more valuable to the Ottawa Senators, right? So that's kind of how they're handling things. And uh, at this stage, they're not having any luck because, like I say, he likes Ottawa just fine. And if he's not getting the deal that is worth foregoing UFA, he's not signing it. Not in Ottawa, not with Long Island, not with anybody. <laughs> right, for sure. And before we let you go, Steve, maybe we can just key on a little bit on the Senators here. Um, it must be a little exciting for fans now. They kind of had a what looks to be the start of a resurgency last season where they were in the mix for for the playoff hunt. They obviously fell short, but they got a, long, a lot of young up-and-coming guys like Brady Kachuk coming up here. Obviously, um, it might be a little disappointing to lose a guy like Debrinkit if it happens, but it looks like this team might finally be on the cusp of uh, turning things around and entering the playoff mix. How's the, how's the buzz for Senators fans up there? I think whether Debrinket is here or not, I think that fans have an expectation level and an excitement level as well. Um, because I think the expectation is, okay, they've missed, the, they've missed the playoffs for six straight years. This rebuild has been going now for four and a half, five years. I think we can all agree that's, that's as, as long as any fan base is willing to deal with it, with a rebuild. And it's now time to start showing what you can do. And I think there's a lot to be excited about here. They they hope that they've solved the goaltending situation with yesterday's Columbus, then LA, and he had a fantastic finish to the year with the Kings. But, uh, you know, it's asking two guys in Forsberg and Corpus Allo to do something they haven't done. They're in their late 20s, and neither of them has been for any period of meaningful time a number one goalie in the NHL. So, for the most part, you get two backups here who may be ready to pop as number one guys. Uh, that remains to be seen. I think they're happy with the defense right now. Again, with the uh, 
Jake Sanderson is just going to be a stud in this league. That's a guy to watch uh, moving forward here. And they got Jacob Chikrin from Arizona last year. So the defense is looking a lot better. And Josh Norris will be kind of a pseudo replacement for Alex Dabrinkit in terms of secondary scoring. They're different positions, but he'll move up uh, after missing most of the year last year with yet another shoulder injury. He is a guy that was, I think if he had played the year before every game, he would have been on pace for 42 goals. He's that kind of scorer. If he can stay healthy for 82, he's going to be a stud for the Sens as well. And, of course, you got Stutzla, Kachuk, Claude Giroux is defying time completely, Drake yes. Batherson. So there's a lot to like here, and the buzz is I think there's an absolute expectation about making the playoffs and some real excitement about this franchise. That's great stuff. And, and the last one I'll leave you with is, you know, there's obviously been a lot of news with the ownership situation and whatnot. Is the check are the checkbooks open now? Is this a team that's going to start, you know, gonna be, I haven't looked at their cap numbers, but is this a team that's going to be looking to spend to the cap and, and do as much as they can to, to make this a successful franchise going forward? Well, I hope so. I mean, they haven't opened up the books to me, but if uh, if you're willing to cut a check for $900 million for yeah. an NHL franchise in Ottawa, <laughs> right. chances are you've got financial backing. If you don't have it personally, chances are, and I'm sure the NHL is all over this stuff banking-wise, they're not giving a team out anymore. They've had some problems in the past. You know, I think even in your neck of the woods, uh, yeah, no, we're very familiar with the action. <laughs> they didn't have actually any money, so they're very careful about that these days. Sure. And I think the Michael Andlauer group is going to be really, really good for them. And uh, yeah, and I guess the old adage is uh, after well, twenty years of Eugene Melnick, who always ran things with his own kind of budget, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Andlauer doesn't have a tough act to follow. I think. Well, Steve, we can't thank you enough thank for coming so on much. once again on such short notice. So thank you so much, and have a great rest of your night. All right. Right on. Thanks, guys. Anytime. You got it. Thanks a lot. All right, folks. Steve Warren of the Hockey News. Great stuff from him. A little insight in Alex Debrinket. We'll see if that name becomes more significant on Long Island or if, uh, you know, this is a bunch of speculation for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out. We'll see. Stay tuned. But this is why we're sports fans, right? You know, we're talking about what may or may not happen. We had, as you mentioned, Andrew Gross bring his name up. It looks like there's something to it. You yourself followed up and said there's some... There's some fire where that smoke is, yes. so maybe this is something the Islanders are looking into. Maybe it's something that can make happen, but the biggest takeaway for me from, from, from this is that whole UFA thing. If, if, he's, yeah. if he's really a stickler to go to UFA next year and he doesn't care who he plays for, then you're not getting, first of all, you're not getting a team-friendly discount because, A, he doesn't play for your team, <laughs> but, B, <laughs> would, yeah, but be B, what's the incentive, you know, when, when he doesn't have any familiarity, he doesn't have any strong relationships with management, with the team, with the location, with the players. So I feel like if a team like the Islanders are going to want to acquire this guy first, they're going to want him for the long term. Oh, lose, Well, again, like we talk about with every trade, right? With Lou is not yeah. trading for someone, especially a guy that we're going to have to give up this much. For him to, eh, maybe I'll sign. Like, you have to know, especially for a guy like this, yeah. where they're gonna, he's going to command a lot. You have to know that, okay, if we're bringing him here, like the Horvat situation, right. everyone goes, are they going to sign him long-term? He signed before he even stepped on <laughs> the ice, so Lou was well aware. Same thing with Engvall. Yeah. Just because they announced Engvall's signing yesterday, mm-hmm. this could have been in the bag the moment he stepped foot here. And sure. I wouldn't be shocked if it was. Maybe it was. Maybe yeah. maybe two days later. Maybe or maybe first. like after that Ducks game. Maybe a game. week later. After the Ducks game. <laughs> after the Ducks they, game. Uh, that sure. line went off. Sure, sure, maybe. No, that's a good point. But but that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like the Islanders aren't making this deal unless they have a very good inkling that this guy is going to stick around. And no team should. For sure. Yeah. Well, unless, unless 
nobody's able to work anything. Because look, he might just be like, that's not enough. That's not enough. Yeah. That's not enough. So that's when Dorian might have to, you know, short, you know, basically make his ask a little lower yeah. to make sure he can just unload him to somebody, you know, and get some kind of assets. And not losing for nothing. Right. Man. But then wh- whomever that team is, is taking that risk, whatever they're giving up, where they have him play for a year, they hope he clicks, and then they hope that the guy is willing to stick around and they can sign him before the window opens because it just, uh, clearly this guy has no loyalties right now to where he's going to go. Right now the loyalty is to himself and his checkbook. Yeah. Which means whoever's whoever's bringing this guy in is going to have to pony up and probably end up having to make him the highest paid player on the New York on the Islanders or or I can't speak for the other teams yeah. but if he if he comes to Long Island he's probably going to end up having to be the highest paid player on the team. And again, you just talked about what he's good at. Again, I wanted to ask because we look at stats. Everybody loves yeah. to look at stats, goals. The guy seems to be doing everything. And for the Islanders who again, other teams maybe this is a guy that's a you know not the superstar. Like for the mm-hmm. Islanders to have a top line of Debrinket Horvat Barzal locked up long term eight years each starting right, like that would that, I don't think we've ever had that. <laughs> no, it's it's been a long time. But for the Islanders though, it's to been bring a very it, long time. The, probably Oposo, uh, Vanek, and and Tavares was probably your best top would, line which, over the last like twenty something years. No offense to those guys, that wouldn't compare to this. And again, for like right. for the Islanders to get a player like to bring it compared to another team, like this is the Islanders. Who need a guy like this? Like this is their not their, yeah. their final touch to win a cup, but if any team needed a player like Debrinket and it was, and he was let's say he's willing to sign long term mm-hmm. and you had to give up a first round pick for it, I know everyone complains. You have to, if he's willing to sign long term, you can't even think about that pick because having those guys all locked up for eight years would be so instrumental. One to getting more freedoms to sign here again. You had Horvat come here and sign long term, Engvall sign long term, Barzal. I mean, these guys now you're finally seeing people want to stay on Long Island when they get here. Yes. You just got to convince this guy that, before he gets here that he wants to be No, here. that narrative has certainly changed. And it's yeah. odd because I still see some fans every now and then saying, you know, all oh, the players don't want to play here. And it's like everything has gone against. Like the proof is, has been in the pudding now for a while. I mean, at least ever since Lou, Lou's taken over. I mean, he's retained like 95% of the guys that he's that he's Paul Mary's in. another great example of. And the other thing too is. Pajot, Paul Mary, like he brings in these it's green, you know, yeah. on a lower extent, right? But the, the bottom line is, a lot of these guys that he's brought in, they see what the Islanders bring to the table, and again, on and off the ice, and they're like, this is a place where I want to be, and they want to stay. And, and people say that Lou doesn't get big players via trade, which to me, okay, I get the offseason not doing that. So Pajot was the top player available, that free trade deadline. He was one of the top players. He got him. Palmieri, I know it wasn't a week, like the biggest trade deadline thing, but Palmieri, what he had done... He was a top guy to get. Horvat was a top. Like, he gets, he does get those guys. It's just people, you know, the Islanders and. and he's definitely done a de- Look, he's he knows how to address a need. Yeah. And then it's a matter of whether he's actually able to pull off addressing it, right? Yeah. And and he's he's said, look, look, like last last summer, he's like, I wasn't able to get that puck mover that I wanted to get. Yeah. He got Romanov, but he wasn't able to get the puck mover. So, yeah. I mean, at least he's a little forthcoming about that. And he's like, look, this is what I need. I'm going to try. Didn't work out. Maybe it works out this time. Yeah, but. we're not saying he's perfect at all. But again, <laughs> what we talked about in the last week's episode is this past year, Lamarillo did, maybe he wanted to go get another defenseman. No one knew that Romanov would get hurt. We talked about this. But he went out and got exactly what mm. this team needed. And they got in the playoffs. And quite frankly, if, if Horvat plays a little bit better, maybe they're not taking 82 games. And again, Barzal gets hurt. And we don't mm. know how that impacts the playoffs. But, you know, Lou did everything that you'd want a team trying to get into the playoffs and the pieces they needed to do. He did that. Yeah, and, and just to to reel it back in, back to Debrinket. Yeah, that I guy, mean, yeah. we we yeah, I mean, look, we we mentioned at the top of the show. I mean, 
the Islander fan base, without question, as far as this goes, like once bitten, twice shy when it comes to the Islanders being linked to a big-name guy, right? Johnny Gaudreau, Nazem Kadri, uh, Panarin. Like, this is, you know, you get a summer that comes, yeah. whether it's a guy for a trade or a free agency, the Islanders get linked to a guy, whether they were talking to him or not. And yeah. then the frenzy starts, like, oh, this is a guy that they could use. This is the guy they want to get. And it hasn't panned out with those guys. So I get it. I get Islander fans being frustrated. We'd all like to wake up one morning and be like, hey, they got this guy, and it's actually true. <laughs> and know? again, going back to and, Andrew's tweet, and again, people people want to go, oh, my God, they're not going to get him. It's no way. The reason I tweeted out after about I don't the, fault guys for feeling that way. No. I don't fault fans for, fans for feeling that way. Completely fine. Yeah. But I wanted to, which is why I said there, were, there was fire where there was smoke, is that I right. had later on in the night heard... What I didn't talk to Andrew about Smoke it. Heard, yeah, whatever the expression. <laughs> I don't know. Something's on fire. Yeah. Um, I had heard what Andrew had heard later on in the night. So again, I of course trusted Andrew's stuff, but I want to say, listen, guys, like it's not just somebody throwing a name like oh, Debrinket and the Islanders makes sense. Yeah. It's the fact that there were multiple reports before Gross's tweet, and not saying my sources are connected more than theirs, but again, it's once I heard it myself, then you could say, okay, there's actually something to this. This is there's substance here. It's not just. Throwing a name. A week ago, we mentioned a couple of names that maybe the Islanders can target. And we mentioned the Brinkett's name. And I think, if I remember right, we both kind of scoffed and laughed at it. Like, they're not getting that guy. Yeah. So to come back a week later to be sitting here saying, oh, this is actually a possibility. And Pajot could actually be an asset that goes back said, the yeah. other way. You know, like now we know that on the Ottawa Senators and yeah, no, this is a guy that they would welcome back. That There's a need there, right? Major need, so, yeah. So that means that this is a guy could be part of a deal. Because when we spoke about Pajot last week, it was more like he's a guy they might have to deal just to get, you know, relief on the cap and then see what else they can work out to bring in a free agent. We were kind of looking at more from a free agent standpoint, right? Like clearing that money to sign a guy. Now it's like, oh, wow, Pajot could actually be the main guy who goes to bring the guy in that you want, right? Like the brick, yeah. and maybe he is. So, and I did hear, but while you're on the, I actually forgot, but I mm-hmm. did hear though too. Again, if Peugeot is not moved in a deal for to bring it, right? Mm-hmm. I did hear that there there are teams very interested in Peugeot that we could see Peugeot dealt this summer. Again, we know how versatile he is. Right, dealt this summer, not involving to bring it. So that's something to keep an eye on. Again, we we've talked about how much. He has value to this team. Again, even if he's not scoring the goals, like I said, he had a career high in assists, career high in the faceoff dot. He's got value. And again, when the cap goes up, like we're expecting it to, a guy like that, you know, maybe he makes more than $5 million a year for what he does. So again, something to keep an eye on if the Islanders want to go after other players and they need to clear cap space. There are teams that are interested in Pacho, like there were at the deadline. For sure. So here's the game plan for the rest of the show. I'm going to oh, tell did, you guys. We do have to talk about uh, Varlamov and Sorokin at some point. We certainly do. And, and then that's why I'm laying this out, buddy. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you all a little out. bit about Main Street Board Game Cafe. Then we're going to take a break. Then we're going to talk about the goaltenders who recently signed contracts. Then we're going to go into questions brewing. So, folks, if you haven't yet, get your questions in for the segment. But a little more on Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink. Beer and wine. Fun. And friends, bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events. Located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd, unplug your game. So with that, we're going to take one more quick break. Thanks a lot for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? 
Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or sip a Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. Hey there, welcome back. We missed you too. Now kick up your feet and settle back in to Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching and or listening to Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY or your favorite podcast provider. So as we teased before the break, we're going to start talking about the goaltenders of the New York tenders. Islanders. Let's try to keep it brief mm-hmm. so we can get into questions brewing from what uh, we're hearing from Ed and Jay over there. we got a lot of questions, and uh, we're doing a hard out right before 8 o'clock, so we want to make sure we, we address your questions. So, Semyon Varlamov, another guy with a surprisingly long <laughs> contract extension. He gets four years. It seemed like uh, the two-year mark was kind of embedded in all of our brains and in all the discussion leading up to it, and Lou kind of surprises us there. Also, Maybe got a quarter mil more than I thought he was going to yeah, get per agreed. year. Yep. I thought two and a half was kind of going to be the max. Two seven five, um, not not terribly large. Listen, uh, Lou went went to great lengths on that great question that you asked him during his presser about the you know the relationship that he has with Varlamov and saying how important it was to have him stick around to kind of still be a mentor to Sorokin. He's got his buddy. You want to make your one of the top goalies in the league as happy as you possibly can. So he's staying around a little longer than we thought at, at four years. We'll see if he gets to the end of that contract. He'll be 39 by the time that happens. What say you, Stefan? Yeah, so... People were saying, you know, he's going to, I think Andrew asked, he's going to be 39. And right. and Lou went into great detail about, he had to look at Varlamov as the player, but like the way he goes about his business, pre-game stuff, post-game stuff. He said that he's in he's in better shape than some 26, 27-year-old yeah, yeah. players that he sees. And again, too, we don't know, but Sorokin and Varlamov are extremely close, as Lou said. Maybe, again, this is hypothetical, maybe Sorokin and his agent said, listen, like if we're going to sign an eight-year, you want us to sign an extension, we want Varlamov there for half of it with him. You know, he wants, maybe that's the case. And that's why I got the extra two years. But I think it's, again, keeping Sorokin happy is a perfect reason. But also, Varlamov is the best backup in the league. If he's going to be a backup, he's the best backup in the league. Again, we know how strong Lou says it's always from the goaltending up. That's been his, the way he gone about business always. So I think having him here the extra two years, maybe a little higher than people would have wanted. But again, if that's what it costs to keep Sorokin here long term, and he really trusts that this goaltending tandem is going to be legitimate, you have to do it. Again, people can complain all they want, but again, it, it, Varlamov is key. Again, you have 25 games if you're a backup to play. That's 50 points. You can't just have a guy that's not ready, an AHLer come in or someone sure. you don't trust come in because those are games, again, if Sorokin's going to be playing his tail off left and right, making ridiculous saves, he's going to need a break sometimes. We saw how tired he was playing that final stretch. Sure. And, you know, again, so I think Varlamov, 
really helps Sorokin a lot mentally, physically, and I think this is a tandem that clearly there was a lot of value in. And who knows if Varlamov's agent had other teams calling saying, listen, if you hit free agency, we're interested in what was, the price is going to be. It was made pretty clear that he's a guy who would have gotten interest if he oh, went for to sure. free agency. Starting salary money also. But, but lucky for the Islanders, he yeah. made it very clear he wanted to stick oh, around. He's happy, deadline. he's comfortable. So, so that's great. And look, the concern here is, is if... You know, his age becomes a factor as the as the contract goes on. But again, having him at two point seven five million isn't isn't crippling your your franchise here. It's not handicapping you from perhaps making another decision. Like there's a chance that he doesn't get to the thirty nine year on this contract. And they can bring in another guy. Who knows if Scarich is gonna be a guy who's gonna be able to come up yep. and supplant him. We don't know yet if, if he's gonna be good enough to, to be an NHL backup yet. But that's a possibility. There could be other guys that come up through the pipeline between now and the next three Tristan to four Lennox years. Gotta watch. Yeah. Right. So like it doesn't mean just because he's signed for the four years, he's absolutely gonna be there tied to to the team for his 2.75 but I think in the short term which is obviously the biggest concern now with where the cap is it fits and it works and it makes the main guy happy Ilya Sorokin that's, that's all that matters at this who point. gets 8.25 million a year I thought that was going to be 8.5 so he gets a quarter million less it balances out you it got does. 11 million dollars yeah. <laughs> you got 11 million dollars between you two goalies now and I think that you gotta love this contract for Sorokin. Oh, you have to. If you're complaining about this, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. This guy is. He's, he's, he's gonna, a third best goalie in the league, probably top three. He's a Vesna finalist. We get what happened in the playoffs. Again, I <laughs> right. think he was overworked, and sure, he has to clean up a little bit of things here. But regardless of what it is, give the guy a chance to prove himself in the next playoffs. Yeah. I don't think because. He didn't perform as we all liked against the Carolina Hurricanes. That means that that's how he's going to be in the playoffs. We saw him against Pittsburgh the year prior, yeah. right? Like yeah. He has the ability to be good in the playoffs. He had a rough series against Carolina. Please proceed. Yeah, again, you're, talk- <laughs> again, you're talking about the top three goal in the league, Vesna yeah. finalist. This is a guy that we see the skill. He, he's, he's elite. He's an elite player getting him for 8.25. He's staying for eight years. Again, we didn't want this. No one wanted this to carry into the season because then, then tough decisions have to be made. And he didn't go and ask for Vasilevsky. Well, maybe he asked. We don't know what happened. But <laughs> right. he's not getting Vasilevsky money. He's not setting the entire goalie market. Because I think, you know, Hellebuck could get close to what he is. I think what's going to happen is Shesterkin next year. Mm. He's going to set the market completely. Because that's different. But I think with Sorokin, what he's shown, him just being here for eight years again with the Barzals and the Horvats, while Sorokin's here, your window to win is open. It is wide open. doesn't matter really what your team is. Yes, you need to have a a good team in front of you, but the way Sorokin's able to play, he's a, could be a difference maker in that series. Makes one more huge save. This team's in the second round. So, he, yeah. He finished second in Vezina voting, and him and his agent did not hold the Islanders hostage exactly. here. Exactly. He didn't, they didn't play hardball with Lou. 8.25 is perfectly reasonable when you look at the other top goalies in the league. You look at what Hellebuck's looking for. You look at what Vasilevsky has. You look at what Bobrovsky has. Yeah. He came in for a very reasonable cost for what he's already shown with the Islanders for getting second place voting for the Vezina. I think it's a great contract. He's still young enough where he's still going to probably be a good goaltender by the time you get to the later years in, the, in that contract. So I think it's a huge win for the Islanders and their fans. And I think that pretty much we can close the book on the free agents so we can get into so we can get into questions brewing the only thing you know you got Parisi and Wallstrom who haven't signed yet we don't know if Parisi will because we don't know if the guy wants to retire Wallstrom's an interesting name maybe he ends up in a trade that we're talking about here maybe Maybe. he doesn't but that remains to be seen but uh, Ed J how we doing we're doing beautiful it's time for doing beautiful it's time for questions brewing brewing. well Ed why don't you take it away how's the chat going tonight 
We're, we're busy bodies tonight. Love that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning yeah, in. I mean, we it. announced the show a few hours ago. We weren't even sure we were going to do yeah. it, and we were able to put it together. Big thanks to uh, Jay here at Floored Media for letting us put it together here on such short notice. Oh. And, uh, and so, as, you know, pitiful of the thanks you can get, right? Because sometimes, sometimes Jay can bug me back here. Did you guys know that? Ed, I thought you were on our side. Yeah, what, what is this? What is this? <laughs> yeah, you got, Jay so you guys have been fighting back. Jay, Jay's going to change the locks. <laughs> Jay's been poking and prodding me all night. Okay, well, good luck with that. That's so your Ed, problem. So Ed, what, <laughs> what's, what's happening on Questions, bro? What do we got here? <laughs> well, we'll start off with uh, with Enzab tonight. Enzab09. Okay. With the signings so far and injuries not devastating the team, where do you see the Isles finishing? Playoff spot? Cup contender? Mid-pack team? I, f- I feel like, Stefan, if you don't mind me taking this one, <laughs> I feel like they're a playoff team. I feel like there's a, they're a playoff team. I agree. Uh, you know, because they, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year, as all teams do, but they found a way to, to get in there right at the end. But I think, you know, you cross your fingers, hope they're a little healthier this year, and you just hope that whether it's bringing in another guy on the bench or the the guys on the ice just fi- you know figure it out, or the Islanders bring in somebody who's not with the team yet. That their power play is gonna be just remotely better, three <laughs> percent better than what it 4% was last better. year, right? So I think that they they're still a playoff team. But you know we just talked about the Ottawa Senators coming up. You're gonna have teams like them, Buffalo, Buffalo Detroit. They're not gonna be pushovers. Yeah, Columbus has you know made a couple acquisitions too. They got Mike Babcock over there now. We'll see. We'll see how he works out. (laughs) So it's not going to be easy, but I I still think that they're at the very least going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I still think they can make it, but I I'm hanging on to 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 that hope. Maybe it's false hope that there's still somebody else coming in to brink it or not. That's going to help the squad. You know, be a better team than they were last year. Yeah, and I think drink that little copium. Yeah, sure. a little copium. Maybe a little cool I too. I'm yeah. drinking it too. Yeah, so you, <laughs> this is a perfect example for me to say this is you look at the, let's say they don't bring anyone else in, right? People that are saying, well, they're just running it back. I get I get that point of view, mm. but you you got to look deeper than that. You're getting a Horvat and Barzal healthy the entire year. You're getting an Engvall, Nelson, Palmieri the entire year. You're getting a Romanov who took steps, who was a different player in the second half, back healthy after shoulder surgery. He's going to be 100%. He's back for a full year understanding the system. Wallstrom's back a full year. Holmstrom has a year under his belt, which means he should be more comfortable. I mean, Dobson's confidence can't get much lower, so he should be more confident. <laughs> Bolduc huh? experience. Ajo coming off the best year of his career. Like, you got to look at it that way. Again, that's taking the complete optimistic approach to this. But, yep. but at the same time, sure. those things matter. It's a mental game a lot. And having those guys yeah. back healthy and even Pellick being back fully healthy, um, it's just... It's not just running it back. There's it, it should be a much better team. I don't know. Again, I'm not saying they're going to win a cup with this group, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't take 82 games to get in. This should be a team that's significantly better and much more consistent, should be, than they were this past year. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Ed, what do you got for us next? next Thanks up, for the questions. Yes, thank you all for the questions. And if you still have some, uh, try to get them in now. We'll see how many get, we get through. Uh, Andremi13, do you see Lou going after Nylander if he can't get the Brincat? <sighs> He, yeah, I mean, he wants money. Uh, money, Money's, <laughs> money's yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah, thing. He likes yeah, that. A lot of teams yeah. are going to want him. And the biggest thing, too, is when we just talk with Dabrinkit, is you bring a guy over, you got to pay him, and you got to sign him long-term. I don't know what Nylander... We don't know what Nylander wants, but yes, it seems like he's going to leave Toronto. Certainly, Lou should take a flyer. He's a, a filthy player. Um, in a good way. In, in a good way. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there should be interest there for sure. Him on a line with, with Barzal and Horvat. 
I don't know if he's the well, probably more of a pure, I don't want to say more of a pure goal scorer than Dabrinkit, but I think he's more of a one-dimensional type of guy. Like you just learn about how much Dabrinkit can do, saying he's mm-hmm. a playmaker. Yeah. They're bringing a Neilander to score goals, big goals. So definitely someone that should be of interest. Yeah, there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> also a good name to be a Neilander and Widelander. Um, CGS eight seven eight says who's coming up from the bridge when there's an injury or three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you do. I mean, yeah. you have Wotherspoon so, just signed with Boston. Wotherspoon signed with Boston, but in terms of development camp, which the Islanders Grand don't Island. have, that'll be, we don't have a date, but it's going to be a week before training camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the names to watch in case of injury, one, Durando who played last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, DeFore, I think would have to really do extremely well in Bridgeport because he was called up prematurely. We know that one. He's going to have to truly earn a chance there. Matthew Maggio, I'm very high on. I have a good relationship with him, but he's a very good player. He's coming off a OHL Player of the Year team. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, wow. OHL Player wow. of the Year. Amateur hour, Hey, it could be a source. Amateur it could hour. Be a source. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, OHL Player of the Year, I'd watch him for be maybe a number two or number three call-up. Ishikov didn't get a chance last year, and he was an all-star in the AHL. So I think those three guys, Durando, Ishikov, and Maggio are three players to watch. Next up from Ahans. Uh, if this hasn't been asked or answered already, what team do you believe Debrinkat will be uh, will be on come opening night? Oh, Anaheim. No, I'm kidding. We jumped the gun. Now wait, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Where's your crystal ball? But. No, I think I think Anaheim messed up their draft. So if they could use, if anyone could use one of those mm. guys to fit their their Zegerses and their McTavishes and that mm. that ultra ultra skill up front. Like I, we we also heard that Anaheim's one of the teams that's interested, so I didn't just pull that out of left field. Sure, um, but I think he'd be a great fit there. I do think he'd be a great fit on Long Island as well. But again, Anaheim, Anaheim with that group, that would be that'd be incredibly fun and to watch. To be fair, the Ducks have to have an enormous amount more assets oh, to, for to sure. play with here yeah. than the Islanders do, right? Whether it's draft picks, whether it's yeah. you know young players, but maybe to a team like the Islanders' advantage. They want a veteran guy like a J.G. Paggio exactly. because they finally exactly. want to compete. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, okay, the Ducks, sure. <laughs> all right. No idea. Next up from Mike4652Co. With all these signings and little money left with Ollie left to sign, sure looks like Parise is not coming back. Thoughts? Well, Lou made it perfectly clear. I don't know how you do it, but he said that there's always a spot for Zach. So I think what would happen with that is – Someone goes in the minors, Zach will sign a league minimum. They'll figure that out. I don't think that's going to impact it at all. I think that even means as a 13th forward, too, when he always has a spot. Like, I'm just saying, like, let's say Zach gets outplayed. He signs, he gets outplayed in camp. Which I doubt, which I doubt, but yeah. I'm not saying No, no, I'm saying if anyone's going to get outplayed. But he's a guy who, you know, you talk about locker room guys, like we always talk about Johnston, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who everybody wants to get rid of. But, you know, I think Parisi would still have a a spot on the team, even if he wasn't a a regular 12 guy anymore. Yeah. For sure. Rectify Gaming asks, what do you think the Islanders will do to improve the power play for next season? I think if they score more I mean, goals, that might yeah, help that the might. power play. <laughs> yeah. No, but <laughs> to take the question more seriously, though, like the, the great thing is the slate is clean. Like they can't any number worse. of things. Yeah. Any number of things, whether that's bringing a new assistant, which I do think they're going to do. I don't think they're going to stick with John McClain. This is a hunch. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. But like I, I think... Because we discussed this before, I think I think they're going to let Lane bring in a guy 
he wants to bring in. Not to say he has anything against McLean, but he obviously didn't pick him. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a Lou was like, hey, I got this guy over here who can do, who can do it. He's done the job. At the last minute, right? I think they're going to bring somebody in. And, and let's let's face it, right? It's not like John McLean did anything to earn himself uh, another year, right, after the way the power play went. Not to say that it's all on him. But I say it starts with bringing in another assistant and, and, and maybe changing the strategy up a little bit. Yeah, I think they had success late in the year when the Ajo shot the puck from distance and you had bodies in front. I think they were trying to do too much passing and trying to find that perfect mm-hmm. goal and they were whiffing on one-timers. You have big bodies. You have Anders Lee. I know his hands might not be the same. Get the puck to the front of the net. But again, we've kept asking Lou at the draft, everything, have you made a decision on your coaching staff? And he says... Not yet. To me, if he had was done deal, he would just say everyone's back, and that would be that. So the fact that he hasn't been committed to 100% saying that right. makes me believe that someone's not coming back, and we know Lane's coming back at this point. So <laughs> Yes, we, we do know that. What do you got, Ed? Uh, Jay Berg's actually asked a question about uh, regarding Debrinkit, uh, yep. just in case he missed the interview or anything like that. Uh, he just wants to be uh, kept up on the news. He hasn't seen anything, so any news yesterday regarding the Isles and Debrinkit. So we know, we know there's interest. We know there's talks. As of today, it's been pretty quiet. We just talked to Steve about what... There's a, obviously a major thing that has to happen here. So that's why I think teams are skeptical. But right now, nothing nothing brand new to report other than that the Islanders are actively interested. It's not just throwing a name out there. Well yeah. said. Thank you. Trottier 19. Same roster will bring same results. They need another addition of talent and speed. Do you agree or disagree? I think at the end of the day, we agree that they could use more. But again, Stephen we just did spoke just about, go on yeah. a rant about how he expects them to be better, even if they did bring mm-hmm. the same players back. And, you know, you hope that that's the case. But I think we all also agree that it's not, it's probably not enough to win a Stanley Cup. No, yeah, they, I, they I need more pieces. So, yeah, I think we're, we're with you on that. Uh, there, there's a postscript to this, which he added on later. Uh, he said, I don't buy Stefan's answer. Injuries are always going to happen. So if Pelic is healthy this season, that it's likely someone else will get hurt. No, of course. In addition to my questions, apparently. <laughs> <Of> Just <laughs> based Stefan, there's no way you're getting this answer right. <laughs> yeah, of course, there are probably going to be injuries. But let's say four out of the five scenarios that I said actually happen, and they right. don't deal with... I mean, the amount of head injuries they dealt with this past year, mm. the odds that that happened, again, are, are very slim. That, that That's the same... Then again, I guess the chance of having a concussion the second time is probably higher when you already had one. <laughs> that is a statistic, so, yes. So, okay, maybe I'm completely wrong, but... <laughs> I think the whole point of what I was trying to say was that even if they don't make changes and mm. these guys come back, it's not the same exact team. Okay. So, yes. Next up from Monkey Man 46. Monkey Man, okay. Monkey Man. First time chat. Thanks for joining. All right. Uh, realistically, how does Lou create the cap space to sign uh, to bring it? I think that's that's probably one of the bigger questions with regards to this situation, right? You, you can talk about who he's going to include in the deal, who who's going to go thing. the other way, of course, but it doesn't mean Otto is going to want all those guys where the salary is going to go, right? Like they may have to make the deal whatever Otto is satisfied with, and then make, a make other either other de- well other decisions, right? Yeah, with some other players on the roster, and you know, take your pick, right? You, you can name, you know, if you go higher. You know, Kyle Palmieri, is that a contract you're going to be looking to unload? I don't know if they're going to need to unload a, a contract of his caliber to make it happen. Yeah. And then you go on down the list where you have your Cal Clutterbucks, you have your Ray Johnson and save one your, your Ross Johnstons, yeah. and you can chip away at it. Simon Holmstrom's a guy who you can get yourself, what, $865,000 if you want to send him back to Bridgeport if they do have a full forward roster, right? I mean... I don't know if we have a very definitive answer here on the show, right here off the top of our heads. But listen, 
the fact of the matter is, if Lou is actually seriously in the mix to potentially make this happen, it means that he's already got ideas percolating to free that salary up because he knows what it's going to take to not only trade for him, but he knows what it's going to take to sign the guy, right? You ever watch an episode so, of Criminal Minds when they have all the, the um, pins with all the sure. ropes connecting? Sure, yeah. sure. If Lou wants him, he, that's already set up. I always think of that, <laughs> right. that Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, with yes. Charlie the, in the basement. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the mailroom. Uh, next up from Josh Elkin. Would there be a second trade after Debrinket to shave Skip. some salary? We just Palm, one. Palmieri, but potentially Palmieri. I mean, anything's possible. Think, yeah, right? I think anything's I on the table. So. I think I think in order to get a guy like Debrinket, anything's on the table. We got to take one more because unfortunately we do have to uh, fly out of here. So we've okay. got a quick one. Um, if Debrinket doesn't come, any fallback options you guys can think of? Adam Henrique, I think, would be a great option. Had a really good year last year. He got hurt around the deadline, which is why the Ducks, I don't think, moved him. I know he's a great leader and that obviously fits the Islanders' mold. He could play as a center and he could play the wing. So I think that that's another guy. He's not going to cost nearly close to what Dabrinka got, but he, he could score goals. And again, I think, again, he might be a downgrade, but certainly any type of scoring forward will help this team. Yeah, for sure. And you have options like Matthew Shane and off the table. He's a guy I would have liked the honest gone, to yeah. look at, but he's off the table. So, you know, look, I mean, it'd be very exciting if they pick up a guy like the Brinkett. Hopefully Lou has some backup plans. Lou being Lou, I'm sure he has a plan B or plan C. Whether we all like him or not remains to be seen. But with that, we got to end questions brewing and we got to end the show. So, folks, if we didn't get to your questions, we apologize. Hopefully we can answer next time on the show. Or, of course, you can hit Stefan or I on Twitter and we can talk about it then. So thanks so much for, you, for all the questions. So with that, we're going to wrap up here with a huge thanks to Steve Warren for joining us here talking about the Brinkett and the Ottawa Senators. Big thanks to our sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Check them out at bluelinedeli.com. Also a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And of course, a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at Main ST boardgamecafe.com and a huge thanks to Floored Media here in Rockville Center for hosting this wonderful show in this wonderful studio. Check them out at floredmedia.com and remember folks to rate, review, and subscribe. If you're first time to the show here, we really appreciate you hanging out with us. Make sure you subscribe to Twitch, subscribe to YouTube, follow us on social media. Speaking of, Stefan, where can we find you on Twitter? You have me on Twitter at Stefan underscore Rosner S-T-E-F-E-N underscore Rosner. I'm at the Hockey News Islander site and nhl.com look at you look at that resume you're building over there you can follow myself at shawnee hockey you can follow the show at hockey night and why so with that for jay for ed for stefan for myself sean cuthbert we've been hockey night in new york have a great rest of your night we'll see you next time